0: Bless the Lord God. I'll tell you, I've had more struggles uh, between Blog Talk, Chrome, uh, Firefox, and um The way it wants to block my interfaces is going into the show, and it has been very, very frustrating, uh, the interfaces that they use. And uh, it's just been – anyways, praise God. We're on with it. We won't deal with this anymore. We're going to move forward into the night's program. But I want to just start with a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name for everything that you do. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the hope. Uh, that we have in Jesus. Thank you so much, God, for loving us, even when we feel completely unlovable. Lord, you know the technical difficulties I've struggled with the last few weeks on this show, Lord, and I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would help us to overcome and to just have a clean broadcast, Lord. Um, It is, I know, Lord, challenging when doing live uh, versus pre-recorded, but Lord, I just pray you would not allow the enemy to have any way into this show from this point forward i pray in the name of jesus amen and amen hallelujah well you saw the title on the message trapped in the lion's den and folks um if you've not felt like that lately um then praise God, but there are so many right now that feel like they are literally stuck in the lion's den, and they don't know literally what to do. They're wondering: Is God still there? Is He listening? Does He does He care about us? Um, does He does He want us to grow? Does He does He want us to get out of the situation? And it can begin to wear you down and begin to just make you feel like um like you're just not worthy um like you just don't Have what it takes. Um, And and honestly, folks, so much of that is such a lie from the enemy, and we're going to explore that tonight on this show because um, the reason I keep bringing up shows, you know, there's so much prophecy out there, and I know I need to really get out and get more guests on the show. I've just been so apprehensive lately because so many people will let you down. Uh, And a lot of big name people that you think are really in the crowd and then you find out a little bit about them and it's disturbing and I truthfully don't always trust having a lot of people onto this show. And I don't want to compromise the show just for ratings. I always want it to be about the truth, about the Word of God, about the times that we live in, and what does it mean to walk in the remnant, to walk deeper with God. And that's what I want this show to always be about. So sometimes I am a little apprehensive, but I've got some good contacts, and I'm going to get them out and get them on this show more so we can get some more guests. And um, But like I said... <laughs> I've just been very apprehensive. I want to make sure that the people listening to here are always hearing something um, that will edify and and warn at the same time for the hour that we are living in. And so I'm going to get started into this show tonight, Light in the Lion's Den. Pastor Saeed uh, was an American pastor who was, at the time, eight years he had been sentenced and serving in prison, in one of Iran's toughest prisons simply for just this, sharing his faith. Prison guards had told Pastor Saeed that they can and will increase his jail sentence unless he stopped telling fellow prisoners about Jesus. Muslim prisoners who placed their faith in Christ through Saeed's witness have already received extended sentences. Still, Pastor Saeed had told that he feels compelled to share the gospel. This is what Saeed said when he wrote a letter from the prison the other year. Because I want to serve God, I see all of these difficulties as golden opportunities in great doors to serve. There are empty containers who are thirsty for a taste of the living water, and we quench their thirst by giving them Jesus Christ. See, Pastor Saeed, knowing full well that preaching the gospel of Jesus in Iran is a guaranteed ticket to prison. Not only is it a ticket to prison, but at the threat of extending his sentence, Pastor Saeed is willing to pay whatever price it may be to reach out to these empty containers who are thirsty for a taste of the living water. I mean, how can this be? I mean, think about it. How can this be? Those who would persecute him... Those who would kill him, that would love to see him absolutely his life ruined, he is still willing to go forward because he sees the needs of those who don't know who Jesus is. I mean, think about it. Many of us hate it when our coworkers upset us. We get all frustrated, we're ready to unleash you know, thunder from heaven if somebody in church does something wrong. You know, but this man, he sees these people when it's as actual life is dependent on it, instead of reacting in a self-way or exploding when someone does something wrong to him because he's being unjustly persecuted, no, he's willing to suffer and endure and willing in, a, in the ability to share the gospel with others when we can't even stand somebody even giving us one ounce of persecution. But see, Saeed views these people who are dying of thirst, and this Jesus who was willing to lay down his life for uh, for the pastor was worth serving men even if it meant his death. Believers, remnant out there of the Most High, is this the God who you serve? Is this God that you serve the same like Pastor Saeed? Are you willing to lay your life down for him? Is he worth living for? Is he worth dying for? Is he worth worshiping even if it costs you your life? See, I think a lot of us like to talk about it. We like to preach it to others. We like to post it on Facebook. We like to share all the little things about Jesus. But the reality is when we face one ounce of any type of tribulation, we immediately pull back. We get upset or offended instead of viewing these people as needing the gospel, even if it costs us some of our own reputation. You know, there was another guy in the Bible who faced the same things. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. I want to look a little bit about Daniel tonight. Do you remember the story of him and King Darius as you're turning there to Daniel chapter 6? Um, Darius was, was totally distraught at this foolish mistake he had made by signing a decree that only petitions could be made to him, that the only petitions uh, to any gods or anything, they could only be made to Daniel. I mean, to, to God, and, or to, excuse me, Darius. And so when he finds out that Daniel had been worshiping you know, his own God, he realized that he had made this huge mistake, and he was completely a wreck. He was completely messed up that he, that he had allowed this to even happen in his life. And so here Daniel was. He was faced with this decision in his life. Do I worship God, or do I follow the decree of men. And so Daniel makes the decision to follow God. Darius is a disaster because of what he did because he realized he got his own friend in trouble. And so when it seemed like nothing could get any better, well, unfortunately because of Darius's actions, Daniel had to face the consequences of what happened. Look at me if you look with me if you can at Daniel chapter 6 and verse 17. You remember this? They Daniel had had, you know, he had to face the consequences for worshiping the Lord. He had to be thrown into the lion's den. And so, verse seventeen, it says, and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. So here, Daniel, right? He had done the right things he had, he had served lord he was faithful for what he do, did and so it says that they rolled the stone over the mouth of the den and the king seals it and it's now lights out and daniel is trapped in the lion's den i could only imagine what it must have felt like to be in pitch black hearing the roars of lions and you know what does daniel do now He's worshipped God. He was faithful to, the, to uh, you know, the Lord. He did the right thing, but his friend, out of his own foolishness, made a decree because of his own pride that puffed himself up because he, people that were jealous of Daniel, he listened to them, and now Daniel's still sealed in this lion's den for doing the right thing. I know many people right now are feeling the same way. They feel like they're trying to serve the Lord. They feel like they're trying to do the right thing. They feel like they're trying to walk in God's ways. But they feel like every time they try to move forward, something comes against them. Something persecutes them. Something, uh, you know, sends them in the wrong direction. And Before you know it, their life's a complete disaster. And they're now in worse shape than than they have ever been. But the interesting thing is, when I started looking at this story and seeing what was going on with Daniel, I realized as I saw the distraught that Darius was having that there were a lot of things that they had in common. There were actually things that were going on to Daniel and Darius that were identical at the same time. And so as I looked at it, I realized that that night that Daniel and Darius were both in a dark place. You see, the king also was at the darkest point of his life because he knew that he just sent his trusted governor, a friend, a man who he knew was upright and guilty of nothing except worshiping God into this darkness to see the end of his life. And so here in Daniel's, in the middle of the lion's den, so is Darius at the same time in the same place. Look at verse 18. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. See, Darius was in the same situation. He knew he had messed up. He knew he had done the wrong thing, and now he, too, is trapped in this darkness where he doesn't even want to hear music. He doesn't want anything nice. He is feeling horrible for what he's done. See, both men ended up suffering at the same time. One was suffering for what he did right, and the other was suffering for what he did wrong. You see, I realize today that there are many of us that are even listening to this show that feel like we're in the lion's den at this moment right now. And some of us, as I talked about earlier, are there for doing the right thing, and some of us are there for doing the wrong thing. See, many of us are wondering out there, is God really able to save? Maybe you've stood up for the Lord and people have come against you. And maybe you are battling sin and it's been going on for years and you feel completely defeated and you're ready to throw in the towel. You see, Darius was so sick at what he had done that he couldn't even eat. And Daniel, he couldn't even eat if he wanted to. See, both men were fasting that night and were suffering and both of them were in need of a miracle. And one of them were for doing what was right and the other was for doing what was wrong. See, folks, I believe that is where many of us are at today. Some are suffering for doing right, and some in the remnant are suffering for doing wrong. See, if you continue reading there in, in verse 19, it says, then, king, then the king arose very early in the morning, and he went in haste unto the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spoke and said, un, said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lion's den? You see, do you hear the intensity in, in Darius' voice? You see, Darius had spent this whole night in darkness, right? He had been completely just like he couldn't eat. He was fasting. He didn't want to hear anything. He's in darkness. He he's, he's at the bottom of his rope because he sent his friend into this horrible place. You see, folks, many of us, we did the exact same thing. We sent Christ to the cross. Well, see, it actually... Technically, we didn't send him to the cross. He did it because he wanted us. But it was because of our sins that he had to go. You see, so often we look at all of our trials and mainly we see poor, pitiful me. But if we could honestly many times examine our own hearts, we're not as innocent as we always think we are. Daniel was trapped in the middle of that lion's den. And the only way he was going to make it out was a miracle from God. And Darius also was trapped in his own lions' den, a one of his own making. But the only way he was going to get out was a miracle from God. You see, Daniel here he is. The lights are out. He did the right thing. Now he's suffering for it. He's trapped in that middle of this lion's den. Everything's gone dark in there. And I can only a uh, uh, wonder, you know, what was going through Daniel's mind at this minute. You know, God, I'm sure he's saying, "Lord, show your power. I need to see it today." I mean, isn't that what we do? Daniel was the same as us. I know. That he, I'm sure he was saying, "Lord, I need to see your deliverance." He's surrounded in darkness and and everything's going on and and he feels like he's been trapped like there and Daniel's asking God, I need to see your power. And so we, we feel the same way. Daniel's no different than us. You see, but something was happening in Daniel's life that Daniel couldn't understand at the time. You see, Daniel's suffering was not just for his own faith, but his suffering was for the benefit of others. See, what God was doing in the middle of this trial was using one man's faith to reach a king and a kingdom. And so here we got two people suffering, but little did the run that was doing it for righteousness know that he was about to shake the entire Babylonian kingdom. You see, sometimes, folks, your suffering is not for you only, or not even for you at all. But sometimes our suffering is for the benefit of others. You might think that everything's going wrong, but it's that person who is quietly watching to see how you react and how your God delivers that the Lord might just be using your trial to witness to them. And if you'll be faithful all the way through, if you will stand no matter what it costs you, God will do something miraculous. You see if you continue reading in verse twenty one look what happens. Then said Daniel, you remember Darius came to the king right in verse twenty and he said that he said, you know it, you know Daniel is your God. Whom you serve continually? Is he able to deliver you from the lions? You remember he said that. Well, picking up in verse 21 And Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the mouth of the lions, the mouths that have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. So here Darius, he's pleading with all his heart, Daniel, brother, is that God that you told me about, is he able to save your life? And Daniel cries out and says, yes, he is able to save your life. Yes, king, I was in the pit of darkness and everything was going around but god saw my innocency and he delivered me he was able to deliver me O king and he sent his angel to shut the mouth of the lions king the one that i serve has saved me hallelujah see god not only delivered daniel but he also delivered darius at the same time you see daniel 6 23 says this then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. That day, God saved one who was innocent, and he saved one who was guilty. King Darius was now a believer in God. See, continue reading with me. In verse twenty-five, then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, "Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion in my kingdom men tremble and fear the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, the steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which has not been destroyed, and his dominion shall even." Uh, unto the end he delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and earth, and hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lion, so Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian and so here, here the king he is just shouting out, "Hallelujah! Now I know that the king the one that Daniel serves is truly the God of heaven and the God of the earth, so maybe. You folks are in your lion's den right now. Maybe you're thinking, "Well, I'm not like Daniel. I'm I'm not really innocent. I've actually gossiped about my brothers and sisters. I've done some bad stuff. There's pride in my heart. A sin I just can't shake and and don't even deserve deliverance after all the failed promises that I've made to God over and over again. Prayers maybe they haven't even made it past the roof. And Lord, I'm feeling dry as a tree. I'm not worthy anymore. Maybe when you see this story of Daniel and his great faith, you actually see Darius in you. Because I sure saw him in me. Listen with me, folks. Luke chapter 15, verse 5. Luke chapter 15, verse 15. And when he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would have fain filled his belly with the husks of the swine to eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to eat or spare, and I perish with hunger? So here, you know the story, the prodigal son. He did everything wrong. He knew the truth. He was raised in the right way. He knew the way to walk, and he did everything wrong and when he finally hit broken bottom after taking as a Israelite Jew here he is he's eating with the swine he cannot get any lower than where he is at he is at the very bottom of the barrel and he can't go any possible lower he does not deserve anything but the situation that he is literally in he is deserving every bit of what he's getting but in that moment of despair he remembers in verse 18 the love of his father, and he says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck, and he kissed him. See, here, many of us were stuck in that lion's den, We and we know we're like Darius, we're not been innocent like Daniel. We've failed God, we've made promises, we haven't kept Him, we've been a disaster, we've gossiped about our brothers and sisters, we've stabbed people in the back, we haven't always been truthful, we've messed up, we're at the bottom, and we remember in that moment God's love. You see, folks, even when you're in the middle of the lion's den, and maybe you are innocent, maybe you are, but maybe you're not. And you're trapped down in there, but that moment you remember that God is merciful, He's merciful. And here you're coming back and you're thinking, I, I just you know, I just want to, you know get just if I could just be one of the Lord's servants." And, and so here, the the Bible says that when the son came back, he thought he could just you know be one of his hired servants. But but when he actually saw his father, the Bible says his father takes off running after him. You see, sometimes when we're at that lowest point and we wonder if, if God could just maybe forgive me and just if I could just you know be a servant in the Lord, saying, "No, I've been watching for you." You are a disaster, but if you're coming home, I'm coming to get you. And the whole time that son was wondering if the father cared. The father was looking out every day, and as soon as he seen this son heading towards home, he took off running. See, the devil's telling us we're no good. You're unworthy. God doesn't want you anymore. You've done wrong, and you got what you deserved. You were no Daniel, you're just like Darius. But it's lies. Because even for those who have done the wrong, if they come back, the Lord comes running. The whole time, the Father has just been waiting for you to finally get real with Him, to come clean. To hit that place in your life that you're sick of the person you've become. And when he sees you coming home, he takes off running and he shouts out for all that will hear bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive he was lost and is found and the father when he sees them coming home they're a disaster they're a wreck they've done wrong they've messed up but they're coming back and he says when they're coming I'm killing the fatted calf I'm putting a robe on them I'm gonna put a ring on their finger and we're all coming to celebrate because they were lost and now they're found and Folks, this isn't just for those who have never known Jesus. This is for those who were raised and knew the gospel and got messed up and they're coming back. The prodigal son was raised in the truth, but then he took a side turn. He got messed up, and many of us get in the same place at time, and God said, just come home to me. John 6.37 says, all the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You hear what he's saying? Nobody is getting cast out that comes to the Father. No. Because the Father's feet rest on top of the mercy seat. It is his footstool. And when we fall at his feet we find mercy even for the worst of sinners. You see how much God truly loves us? He understands what we're going through, and He's willing to do whatever it takes to get us into the kingdom, even if it means we need to spend a season in the lion's den. But my question is, won't you just cry out for Him today? Won't you call out to your God? Won't you watch Him deliver you? The Lord is mighty and powerful and willing to save, and he's ready even right this minute to deliver you if you will simply allow him to do it. God is in the business of delivering even those who were not innocent, just like you and me. This is Brother Frank saying, it's not too late. You haven't gone too far.
1: You haven't
0: committed the unpardonable sin. Most people don't even understand what the unpardonable sin is. They have no earthly idea what it is. They're so confused because of lies that have been told them. But the Lord has been working on your heart. That's the Spirit convicting you to come back. You've, yes, at times we can grieve the Spirit, but God said just come home. Yeah, you've been eating at the swine's trough. You've been gossiping about your brothers. You've been doing stuff. You've been watching stuff. You've been seeing stuff and talking about things you shouldn't be doing. And God's saying, stop it and come home. There's forgiveness at the feet of your Heavenly Father. Many of us can't even stand to see something ever happen to our child. Would we ever want to watch anything happen? Our father's the same way. You don't get this love for your children from your own, it comes from God. But he was willing to give his only begotten son if it meant it could save the world. And that's what he did for each one of us. You think you're beyond redemption? You think you're beyond the sacrifice of Jesus? The Bible says his arm is not too short that it can't save. If he can can forgive some of the worst of sinners, there are people in the Bible that have been forgiven, folks you haven't even touched. Why do you think your God's any different in his relationship with you? Won't you come home? Won't you cry out to God? The Lord is in the business of deliverance. This is Brother Frank from the Remnant Call saying goodnight and shalom.